talk about four principles that um, will help you in becoming unleashed. Okay? Um, and the first one that we're going to talk about today is obedience. Ah, ooh, oh, everybody hates the word obedience, you know. I don't know why, you know. It's, I think we don't like uh, people telling us what to do, you know. There's kids, there's a lot of kids in here, so I, I know people agree with me in here, all right. <clears throat> but um, I think that, I think obedience in, in itself is, we've made in kind of a, a negative word, because we don't want to do what somebody tells us to do because we want to do what feels good and what we want to do. Um, So I think that we also make it look like legalism. You know, when when we I think we get it confused, obedience with the word legalism. Um, but if you look in Deuteronomy, and I'm not, we're not going to go there. You can check it out. <clears throat> but if you look in Deuteronomy, when it talks about being obedient, and it talks about the um, what's what happens if you're not obedient, but it also talks about what happens if you are obedient. Okay, so <clears throat> I have a dog. He's the coolest thing ever. Right. I love him to death. Everything, but. He doesn't want to do anything I tell him to do. Alright? He's a dog. Probably a language barrier there. I don't know. But, he loves me. <clears throat> and I love him. But, how many of you know that when I pull out a treat, he wants to do whatever I say. Because he wants that treat. Don't you know that God's already promised you a whole baggie full of treats? Alright? And the sad thing is, sometimes we're like my dog. We know what to do. But until we see the treat, until we see the it hanging out, we don't do anything. We don't make the right choice. Just like my dog, he doesn't make the right choice sometimes until I go to and get the. I could say, Loki, go to bed, and he'll look at me, huh? Go to bed. But if I move over and grab his bag of goodies, I don't even have to say anything else. He runs straight. He gets in the bed himself, closes the door. Just needed a treat, right? Well, look, get in your word. Get in your word and look at the treats that God has for you. You don't have to... <clears throat> when you look at it and you go, I don't know if I want to do that. See, my dog doesn't want to go to bed. I get that. Sometimes I don't want to go to bed. So, but what does he want? He wants a blessing. He'll take that. So sometimes we're like my dog and he doesn't understand that he's going to get a blessing. And so sometimes we don't understand we're going to get a blessing. And the blessing is in the obedience. Alright? So, we're going to jump into this. What we're going to be talking into today is a passage. We're going to break it down really simple. It's it's Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Okay? I know it starts at... Are they going to pull it up? 
All right. We in in Luke chapter five, uh, the first verse. It's Jesus. Um, he he is he is on the shores of Galilee, and he's about to prepare a message. You know, he's preparing a message and he's talking to him. So, so it was uh, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of, uh, yeah. And then um, let's go on to the next one. See, kids, I'm, you're not the only one. All right. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Okay. So he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And asked him to put out a uh, a little from the land. Okay, what he's talking about is, hey, put your, you know, he gets in the boat with Simon, <clears throat> and he says, hey, push out your boat just a little bit, you know, um, and and don't go any further. We're gonna stop on this one for a second. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. All right, so this is huge. Okay, because here we have a. A fisherman that's, you know, the other guys are out washing their nets, and I'm sure Simon's probably getting ready to do, do the same thing. He's getting ready. He just came in, right? And this guy <clears throat> gets in and says, Hey, will you push your boat out just a little bit? All right, so I can speak to the people. And he, um, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Okay, so here we have. Peter's first compliance. Okay, Peter's first compliance with Jesus. All right, he the the his first lesson in obedience, if you have it. This request, this small request, paved like uh, it, it paved the way for a life changing blessing. All right, because this is where it started with Peter. Okay, um, <clears throat> let me see. We, from his example and this little tiny example, because it doesn't seem like that big of a request, right? Push your boat out, okay? As a fisherman, okay, I can do this. I'm, I, have you ever been in that situation where somebody asks you something that made a little bit of sense that you could just help them, you know, a little bit? Okay, yeah, you you want you want a better view and people can see you and hear you better if we push out a little bit. I got okay, yeah, I'll help you out. Have Have you ever been in that situation where you were somebody asked you and it, it kind of made sense? It it wasn't too far off, right? Um, but. Have you ever been in that same situation where it wasn't too far off, but it was an inconvenience? Okay, we'll get to that in a second. All right. <clears throat> um, from his example, this the, the noisy crowd. Because if you in, in verse one it says the the crowd was pressing in. Okay. To talk to, to to listen to Jesus and hear this message, and so he gets out there, and the noisy crowd received the first blessing of Peter's obedience. Okay, the people could now clearly hear Jesus' words, and at the conclusion of the lesson, the Lord said to Peter, "Put out into into deep water." Okay, if you go to the next one, verse, <clears throat> verse four, all right. Yeah. Uh, but Simon, uh, well, he said he told he told Simon Peter to push out further. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, "Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch." All right, next. But Simon answered and said to him, "Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net." 
Okay. So this is... There's something cool. I, I was reading this, and so... How many of you have ever had an encounter with somebody for the first time and you call them master? And so I was reading this, and this just came to me right before, like right before we started doing praise and worship. I was reading over this, and I was like, I didn't, you know, I didn't catch that part. You know, here's Peter, first time meeting Jesus, and it's kind of like what it what it was speaking to me is <clears throat> when you have a Jesus encounter, you know. I mean, you might not know, like you might be like kind of confused on, but. You and your heart knows that's master. You know that you know it's 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 weird, and that's the spirit. You know it's kind of cool that we were talking about that this morning. But the the uh, the spirit, you know, you know the pull on you. Okay, but um, so a second opportunity, and just this short passage from five, you know, verses one through eleven, and the short passage we're on number two. The second opportunity. That Peter has to say no. Jesus says, Hey, push out to the deep and throw your nets out. And here's the second opportunity to say no, but this uh and, and this time, the first one was a little bit reasonable. Okay, this guy's obviously preaching. I'll help him out. We 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 just discussed that. It's a kind of a reasonable request. Now we have a Carpenter, right, telling a fisherman, push out. Throw your nets out again. He could have very easily been like, wait a minute, man. I've already, like I'm tired. I've got to wash my nets. I'm going back out tonight. Like I, I don't have time for this. Right? I mean, people have been there. I have. <clears throat> But he didn't. Now he did complain a little bit. You know, he said, "Master, we and we we toiled all night and we caught nothing." Nevertheless, we'll do what you're told. I think all of us can relate to that one line. There's kiddos, right? Uh, I understand. Um, but uh, that's when mom says, "No back talk. Just do it." <laughs> uh, we serve a, a very Merciful God, though, yeah, he he just said it, and Simon and, and let Simon have his little complaint. But com, but the, the good the good thing out of this whole thing is that Simon Peter said, nevertheless, I'll do what you say. I, and this is this is huge. Okay, it's going to make sense here in a minute. All right, <clears throat> Peter's reply demonstrates the beginning of a lifetime faith in God. Okay, He said, Master, we worked hard all night and we caught nothing, but I will do as you say, and I will let down the nets. The soon-to-be disciple, because he's not a disciple yet. Where we're reading at, this is the first encounter. All right? this is, he just met Jesus. He's not a disciple yet. He hasn't witnessed anything. He hasn't seen anything. This soon-to-be disciple chose to obey the Lord and to leave the consequences of his decision on him. Now see that is a really big thing if you if you're paying attention. See when you choose to disobey God, when you choose to live in disobedience, 
the consequences of that decision fall on you. But when you choose to walk out obedience and do a, and, and live in a godly way, that decision falls on God because you're doing what He said. That's pretty heavy. I'm just saying. All right. But notice what happened as a result of Peter's obedience. All right. We'll go back into verse six. Jesus demonstrated His power and sovereignty. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Alright? This is a huge thing. I don't do... I don't fish with nets. Alright? Um, but if you've, if, you're, if you've ever fished before and one snapped your line, whoa! Oh man, that was a good one. You know, you feel... It get, you get excited about it. Okay? That's how these guys are. These are nets. And they're breaking. They're busting. This is a happy day. Let's come on. Let's fill up the boats. Okay? So these guys are are in awe. Peter, here's the crazy thing. Peter and his companions, because there was two boats, right? The other guys were out washing their nets. You know, they were probably all friends. You know, if you're a fisherman or a fisherwoman, you know the other fishermen or fisherwomen. Okay, and you you know they're fishing holes and everything, all right. But these guys probably at this time when they were washing their nets. Have you ever had a day like that where it's just not? Ah, we didn't catch anything, and it's just it was off or not. You know, it was just we we had a good. It was a beautiful day, but we didn't. It was we didn't get anything accomplished. Their efforts had yielded nothing, but. That day ended up in complete amazement because they pulled in not one, but two overflowing boatloads of fish. If you go to verse 7, they signaled to their partners. All right, so now here's Peter going, hey, guys, get out here right now. All right, you're not going to believe what's happening. And me, when, I, when I'm reading this verse, I'm reading, in, a lot of times I read in the Amplified Version. And so, like, I, I get a very vivid picture in my head of, like, Peter's boat kind of, like, tilted over like guys help you know <laughs> you know it's t- it's tilting the boat over but he, he signals to the other boats and, he, and, and they come out and filled both boats so that they began to sink uh, <clears throat> see when when you obey God and if you go and if you read in your Bibles and almost every time where there's an obedience lesson it's not just like a, a, a simple reward it's um, the boats are sinking reward. All right? That's a huge thing to take note here because here we have some a simple obedience that didn't really make sense. Hey, I know I'm not a fisherman. Could you push out out to the deep, throw your nets over? I think I, I think I saw some fish. You know, if I go out to one of these lakes and tell somebody that that's you know got the professional gear on, they might laugh at me. They might not meet this as well as Peter did. Peter, you know, he he said, "I that's not so smart, but whatever, we'll go ahead." And next thing you know, now just because of simple obedience, it doesn't matter. They complained a little bit on the way out. It was the simple obedience, the simple fact that he was obedient. Now he's got two boatloads full of fish, and it's sinking. Alright? You ever have you ever have that problem in your life where you got too much? Where your cup runneth over? Obedience might you might be doing really good in obedience. 
Saying yes to the Lord's request resulted in a miracle that transformed not only one fisherman's life, but the lives of an entire group. That's something to take note to. And we're going to dive into that right now. We're going to consider three things, three reasons why obedience is critical to the successful Christian life. I forgot. Everybody wave at Facebook Live. Hi. Okay. So number one, obeying God in small matters is an essential step in receiving God's greatest blessings. Suppose Peter had said, look, I'm busy cleaning my nets right now. I can't help you because I'm going fishing again tonight. Or he could have said, why don't you ask that other boat over there? Ever been that that way where you're really not, you really don't have anything to do, but you're like, hey, ask them, because you just didn't want, you just didn't want to be in that position. He could have said any of these things. He could have said simply, I've already been fishing today. It would be a waste of time to go again. <clears throat> if Peter, the biggest lesson on, on on what we're talking about right here is, if he would have said anything other than yes, he would have missed the greatest fishing experience of his entire life. But because of his obedience, the Lord arranged a miracle that he would never forget. Okay? <clears throat> Isn't God good how he does stuff like that sometimes? Like, because we're about to find out that Peter doesn't fish anymore. Not for fish. Jesus says you're going to be a fisher of men. So, just for being obedient, he rewards him with the greatest fishing experience he'll ever walk away with. So great, he never has to do it again. That's pretty amazing. I'm just, I'm just, man, God is good. Um, <clears throat> often God's greatest blessings come as a result of our willingness to do something that appears very insignificant. So here's some uh, here's something that we're gonna we're gonna exercise today. Ask yourself: Has God been asking me to do something that seems really unimportant? Kind of like push out. I know you just got through fishing. You're hot and sweaty. You've had a rough day. You didn't catch anything. I know it's bad. Let's do it again. If God's been asking you something like that, well, first off, you need to ask yourself, has God been asking me something, challenging me to do something that seems unimportant that I have not yet made an effort to accomplish? Is there anything I have rationalized by saying, you know, it's too difficult, or I don't want to, or I need to pray about it first? Because I think a lot of times in the Christian walk, um, and I'm I'm make somebody mad, all right? But, I think sometimes we use that as a, as, a, as a get out of jail, a get out of a conversation piece. Yeah, you know what? Let me pray about it. When God's been telling you for the last two weeks what to do, and your response is, I need to pray about it. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that's not, that's, that's not, that's not meshed with obedience. It's just a really nice way of saying, I'm not going to do it right now. So, has that been going on? 
in your head. If that's been going on, then you might have something that you need to tackle. It's something simple. I, I used to walk through the store, and when, when I first when I first started coming to Victory, um, and you know, I I got you know baptized in the Spirit, and I got to know all these really cool things about Jesus. Um, I started walking through the store, and I I could swore because I could have swore that when I walked down the aisle, somebody said, "Pray for that person," and I went, "No, <laughs> uh, no, not today." <laughs> and um, I'd walk to a, I'd walk to another aisle, and I would I swear I would hear that person needs you. I don't know them. I don't know them. I don't know, like, Justin, why are you coming up with this crazy stuff? And then I uh, give you a little, we got a little bit of time, give you a testimony uh, real quick. Um, Because it's the first time that it happened, and but it was we we were at a power love conference, and I was there before her. But I I found out these things about words of wisdom and stuff like that, and I oh that's what that is. That's what's going on in my head. Ah, God's talking to me. I didn't know that. And I thought it was, and it's sad that as Christians sometimes we think it's a one way street, and so you get caught up in the Bible, and that's just just being obedient to the to what was said in the Bible, and that's going to get you far. That's that's great, and you want to listen to that. But Jesus talks to you too, okay. And that's where some real obedience needs to kick in. Because when Jesus says that you need to pray for somebody, man, there's a blessing in that. Alright? And it's going to touch multitudes of people. Um, and we were sitting in here. I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm not going to talk about the Power and Love Conference. I'm going to back up and right in here with David Caput. We were, I, I was sitting in the very back. And Hannah, you know, first time David meets her, she gets visions and, you know, prophetic gifts and stuff like that. And I'm like, cool. What is that? What does it look like? And, uh, and I never, I never got anything. And so we come, it's like months later, like six months later, I think. And I'm sitting at the back and, and, uh, David, uh, David said something and I got a, I got a vision and I had to pray for this guy and this guy got, he got, you know, slain in the spirit and he, he fell out and he'd never been there and he got up and he went and prayed for somebody else. He left the service. That little obedience saved somebody's life. Like, and that's what it's about. That's what your obedience is about. It's, it, it's really awesome, which is going to go into our point two. Our obedience always benefits others. Okay? I know. It's hard to grasp. See, the Christian walk is a very selfless walk. So, it's a really good thing when we can do something that benefits others. Obedience is one of those key things. Think of how many people were blessed by Peter's obedience in this small matter. Not only could the crowd see the Lord and hear His lesson, but Jesus Himself also benefited. Preaching from a boat enabled Him to sit down in comfort while He spoke. Okay? Then, of course, Peter's friends had a very profitable day in fishing. They took in two vessels so full of fish that both began to sink. Okay, so one little act of obedience, one little act of somebody saying, "Hey, can you can I borrow your boat for just a second?" led into this thing where now a mass a multitude of people 
got to hear a message from Jesus himself. Okay, that's awesome. All right. I mean, hey, can I get in on that? You can use my boat. All right. Um, so people, people got to hear that. Not only that, he made Jesus comfortable. But then, because of that simple obedience, his friends like had a profitable day, and not just profitable. I mean, like like we already talked about, the best blessing fishing experience they've ever seen. Okay. Here's a little side note: God's call to obedience always demands our response. Okay. God often rewards others, in particular um, those that are closest to us, as a result of our obedience. For an example, um, when a father obeys the Lord, his entire family reaps the reward of God's blessings. Okay, not just him; his entire family is going to reap that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> say, say somebody, say there's a father that has a large family, and God says, "Hey, I, I want you to work here," and it doesn't sound anything like what I need to do, right? Or I don't have a large family yet. Okay, so I can't use me. But if there's somebody that's in that situation and they're having a hard time struggling with what God's calling them to do and they step out and it's in the will of God, well, the person, the, the father's not the only one that's going to reap the benefits of that. He's, he's, now the, the family's going to live like they've never lived before. When we do, when we step into the will of God and we get obedient with the will of God, now everybody around us benefits. All right, so this is this is some really good stuff. Okay, you know, as younger people, you love your friends. I remember, like, I live in my glory days back in high school. You know, the football days, the band days, playing and you know, traveling all over to play music. I loved it. But those were my best friends, and and, and the best time, some of the best times of my life. And I just totally lost what I was doing. Those are some of the best times of my life, and I I remember the love I had for for those people that were so close to me that I would literally do anything to make them happy. And I, I love I love the innocence of of youth um, because you want that same thing, and it, it's so cool that when we step into obedience, you want to know how to reward your friend. You know, you want to know how to make your friend's life better. Get obedient with God. Alright. Your friends your friends cup will start running running over now. Okay? Alright. Number three. When we obey God, we will never be disappointed. Okay? I know what that one's a little is a tough one to end on. This is my last point and we're getting out of here, but it's kinda of tough. You know, I got I got challenged when I was talking to somebody about this. Um I text some mentors when I've got uh, you know something to speak on, um, and I, but I also I also mess up sometimes and text people that aren't my mentors, <clears throat> just asking my their opinion. But um, this one it, it, it resolved in or it resulted in a little bit of conflict. It's resolved, but. Um, when we obey God, we will never be disappointed. And yes, there may be those times where you felt like you've done everything that God said, 
you were supposed to do and life might punch you in the mouth. Okay, and life might hurt you and life might beat you up and spit you out. It's not what we're talking about. Okay? I didn't say when we obey God, we will never be hurt. See, God never said that. So when we obey God, we'll never be disappointed. Alright, it's a different thing. Peter, no doubt, assumed that Jesus' Jesus's fishing instructions would amount to a waste of time. Alright? I can, we can all say that because we, if somebody came up to you where you work and, and you had a really bad day and you said, hey, you want to give it another round, you would probably say this is a waste of time. This is dumb. Something. So we can assume that Peter probably felt that way when Jesus said, hey, um, let's push out. But when he complied with the Lord's simple request, Christ brought a miracle that gripped the, the disciple with amazement. Jesus turned an empty boat into a full one. We, like Peter, we got to recognize that obeying God is always the wisest course of action. He can take our emptiness, whether it be your finances, your relationship, um, your friends. You know, as as young people and as older people, we we get caught up in some friendships that get sour sometimes over nothing. Okay. Being obedient with God can fix a lot of things, okay? It can take some emptiness that you've got. And, you know, if that emptiness isn't coming back, if, if, whether, if, that, finance isn't, if that financial blessing that, you had, that you're banking on over here, if it's not coming over here, it's coming over here, okay? If this friend's not coming back and it causes an emptiness, that emptiness is going to be replaced with something else because um, when, you, when you're obedient to God okay how, do, how can I say on that go read Deuter- Deuteronomy that's the one that nobody wants to read but it's got some promises in there for being obedient All right? and I don't know about you but I believe them and I'm going to stand on them and I'm going to stand with them and I'm going to carry them with me Perhaps you've hesitated to obey God because you fear the consequences of your decision. But the Lord command the Lord's command is for you to fear Him above all else. Okay, so maybe you've been hesitant to act on a decision that maybe you know you've been needing to do, but you're scared. Well, the good book says you should fear God. Above everything else. So we can't get caught up into fear of man. We can't get caught up into fear of being let down. Um, if I fear, uh, you know, I can, I'll can use Hannah as an example. You know, we're, we're happily married. But if I don't, if, if I'm looking for her, her approval... If I, and I want to look for her approval, so don't get me wrong. So I'm not trying to get in hot water here. All right, but I want to look for her approval in some things, but I don't want her approval to, to dictate what God's doing in my life. Okay? Young, young people, your friends can't dictate. They can't, they can't, you can't let them dictate what God's doing in your life. Okay? Um... 
Sí. And here's another thing. <clears throat> and I'm gonna, I'm going to tie this all up and we're done. But at the beginning of that, the, what I what I noticed um, when Peter said, "Master," I thought this was really cool because when God tells you to do something, you do know it's Him. And so when you know that it's something that's without a doubt, God, you should base your decision on the one who's talking, not the one who's listening. All right? When you know without a doubt that oh. Yeah? I should do that? Base your decision, base the next thing that you do off of the one who's talking. Okay? Because this guy will mess it up. This guy will mess it up, and this guy will take something that Jesus said to do, like we talked about a while ago. Hey, Justin, this woman needs you to go pray for her. Alright? She's in the next aisle over, and you walk around the next aisle, and you're like, oh, there's a woman there. Don't listen to this guy. Listen to the one that's talking and base your decision off of that. Okay? And that's where some real obedience will show up. When you choose to obey the Lord, He will bless you. This is because obedience always leads to a blessing. I've always told people uh, who say that they do not understand why God is asking them to do a certain thing that if they will just obey Him, He will reward them with a sense of peace and joy that compares to nothing else this world has to offer. Therefore, set a goal today to obey the Lord and watch Him work in your life. Okay? That's all I got. Right on time. Alright, three simple points on obedience. On And, and that's the first step. We got three more because um, we're going to make make this a four month deal, but um, we got three more points that we're going to talk about on on unleashing your life. And the first one, all right, if you're ta- if you're going to be taking notes with us, is obedience. All right, it's the first step in unleashing your life. It doesn't sound like it a lot of times, but if you if you think about the dog, all right, God's got a treat for you. Right? God's got a treat for you, and all you gotta do is be obedient. You don't have to like it sometimes, okay? I don't and that's the crazy thing. My dog doesn't you know, he, he wants to get in the bed with us. But he knows that if he gets down there he's gonna get a treat. He doesn't have to do what he likes to get the treat. Sometimes he's gotta do what he doesn't like. Alright? So um I don't have anything else. Um, we're just gonna we're gonna pray, uh, Father God. We thank you so much for everything that you're doing for um, the, the things that that we don't understand. We th- we thank you for that too. Um, but God, we ask you right now to to challenge us. We openly ask you to challenge us to do things um, for for your kingdom, God. Um, to do to do things that can only come from you. We, we challenge you to, to make us uncomfortable and to inconvenience us so we can act out your will and not our will. But God, we ask, you know, because there's people in this room right now that don't know that it's necessarily that it's God talking. And so God, you, you said... Ask and it shall be received. And God, we're asking right now that if, if somebody in this room, they don't, they haven't heard the voice of God and they don't know what that sounds like and, and maybe they're confusing themselves with, with you. God, discern, give them the gift of discernment to, to, to know, give them a sign that, hey, who you are and what your will is and what you want done. And without a doubt, 
Give them the give them the the wisdom and the strength to know that without a doubt you're telling them what what, what you want done, and then give them the strength and the wisdom to to follow it out. God, um, God, we thank you for this, and we love you. We lift up your mighty name, uh, Jesus, and and we all said Amen.